sorry, my cat's just, it sounded like when I'm just fell down the stairs. All, I get. I go to talk and I hear, I'm like, did one of the cats just push the other one down the fucking stairs? He got sick of him. I'm like, he's just sitting at the top of waiting. He's like, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was Binks, I guarantee Gotcha, you. motherfucker. <laughs> gotcha. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Who got some mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? Who makes a mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? You do, do. Oh, you guys are here to check out the mixtape, and I am Jason Emmett, and we have an awesome show for you today, if you like rap anyway, and I think that you probably do. We've done a little rap talk in the past, and those episodes have always went really well, so this month we decided to deliver more rap unto you. Uh, last week was our 80s, this week is our 90s, next week, of course, is our 2000s, and we're going to end out this month with a, another Halloween playlist, because you guys seem to really like the one we did a few years back, so we decided we're going to do that again. So yeah, we're going to be talking 90s rap today, and this is a good one. This is a really good one. I think uh, 90s was when rap really hit its heyday. This is when rap was really taking off, and we had multiple different like genres of rap, and you're going to see a little bit of that all play out with our list today. So it worked out really well. Uh, we had a few, a few. Uh, I'd put the call out kind of late, but we had a few people uh, respond and let us know what they would add. You can always add to that list later. I know we talk about it here on the show, but you can always add to the list. Uh, if you want to drop us a line, let us know what you think should be on a uh, rap playlist from the 90s. Matt will add that to the Spotify playlist. We have a Spotify playlist for all the uh, mixtapes we create, and then we also create ones when you, the listeners, give us feedback. Hey, uh, it's coming up real, real soon here. Scarefest weekend. Uh, I'm going to be at that. I think we talk about it at the end of the show, so I won't get too in-depth. But it's going to be in Lexington, Kentucky, here in a couple of weeks. You can look it up online. Just Google Scarefest weekend. You'll find it. So if you can make it out, come out. Give us a holla. Say hey. Let us know you're there. Uh, if you do have a moment, please leave us a review. You know, we love that. Please go back and listen to our uh, interviews that we've done recently. We have a few more coming up. I think we talk about it here, but in just in case we don't, Tag Team. That's right, DC Glenn from Tag Team. Whoop, there it is. That interview is coming up uh, like next week. So uh, that was a great one. We had a lot of fun talking to Glenn. So please check that out. Uh, we also have one of the members of Full House who are a 90s tribute band. Uh, also a lot of fun. That's coming up too. Uh, so please check those out and share and, uh, you know, just show some support to all of those guys that we talk to here on the show. It means a lot. Uh, the website's up. You can check all that stuff out. And the Patreon is coming soon. More information on that uh, here very soon. Probably release a little something down the line when that launches. Over on TikTok, I, we have a couple. Of, we have uh, a mixtape TikTok. But I also have a uh, personal TikTok. Well, it's a, it's a book talk. If you don't know what that is, there's a whole subsection of TikTok that's devoted to books and authors and writing and all that stuff. 
Well, we've mentioned it a couple of times here on the show that I wrote a book a few years ago. It is available. I don't recommend you rushing out to get it. It's on Amazon. It's called Lyric if you want to buy it. But trust me, it could have used uh, a little bit of editing more than it had. I didn't have an editor. Uh, My mom used to edit my stuff before she passed away. She was awesome at that. So when I finished the book, uh, I tried as best I could. I am not an editor by any means. I did the best I could to make it what I could make it. And uh, it could have used a couple more passes. And it's getting one of those right now. Why am I telling you this? Uh, If you like novels and you like horror novels, and obviously you must like podcasts, uh, it's going to be launching as a podcast. I'm working on it right now. I'm about halfway through the recording process. We'll finish up the recording process, and then it's just going to be the editing process. So I'm going to guesstimate about a month and a half to two months when it will launch. And uh, I'm going to be giving it away so uh, for free, the audio, if you guys want to check it out. It's called Lyric. I will keep you posted on that as it comes. Uh, I know we talk at the end of the show about KC and uh, American Legacy Tours, but if you haven't checked those out and you're in the Cincinnati area, please do. We work on some of our own stuff outside of here, and KC put a, a lot of time into this, and, and he, he's, he scripted it and put it all together over the last year, and he's launching it. So uh, if you can come out, it's a a haunted ghost walking tour. You know, check that out if you're interested, especially around this time of year. It'd be a lot of fun. So again, American Legacy Tours is where you can go find out information about that. Uh, I think that's it. Let's go ahead and kick off our social media, and then we will give unto you this episode of 90s Rap Goodness. What's up, gang? Jason Emmett here, and we're about to give you our social media information with a quickness so that you can contact us and be a part of the show. First, we have a website, themixtapeshow.com. Head over there, find out all the good stuff you want, links to everything, interviews, playlists, places you can leave us a review. It's all there on the website, including direct links to our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. We also have a phone number, and you can leave us a voicemail. You should leave us a voicemail. That number is 513-437-2377. Easiest way to remember it, 513-HE-RAD-77. Hey, if you've been listening to the show for a while, I don't know if you're listening through iTunes or Pandora or Spotify. It doesn't really matter. If you could take like 30 seconds, click that little review bar, we would greatly appreciate it. We love you, so please, it helps Please share the show with your friends. We would greatly appreciate that as well. And that's it. That's all I'm giving you right now. We're going to go ahead and kick into this week's episode. We love you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the mixtape. I'm Jason Emmett. I'm Casey Masterpiece. And I'm Twisted Game Matt. Cheebert. <laughs> I love when I say, give me a second of silence, then I say something. And I know yeah. that someone in the background is like, fuck, I want to say something back. Yeah, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you got to give me silence. Uh, last week. It was like Kirby. <laughs> That's inside. <laughs> I like that. That's an inside. Got to go back to our interviews to figure out what he what he meant by it. Was it something like Kirby? Was Kirby a Muppet? Last week, we we talked about 80s rap, and I told you guys this week we're going to be talking about 90s rap. And then, of course, next week, we're going to be talking about 2000. The week after that, which we didn't mention since this is the month of October, our fourth episode for the month, uh, one of our most popular episodes was done really early on. 
And that's when we put together our Halloween playlist. And we are going to be putting together another Halloween playlist for the end of this month. So be looking forward to that. And if you guys have any thoughts of songs you would add, can be from any of our decades, let us know. And then we're going to be doing our bonus episode, which we're going to be talking about 90s horror movies that have been kind of forgotten. But this week we're going to be talking about 90s rap. And I'm pretty stoked about this. 90s is a big era for rap music. Mm -hmm. And... We talked last week about different beefs and different styles of rap. And guys, when I say we're going to cover it this week, I mean, not only is everything wonderful, <laughs> but there are all types of different rap we're about to hit on. Uh, apparently, Matt's list, he just picked three drastically different types of rap songs, <laughs> which was kind of great. And... uh it's wonderful. It's it's a good time. This is going to be a good time. Like it's going to bring back a lot of memories for everyone. And something weird happened this week. Uh, no one gave me somebody else's song. There was no. And Matt gave me a safety, and I was like, "Damn it! He didn't hit anybody else's song, and I didn't get, I didn't couldn't put the safety on. So we'll just have to <laughs> save that." But uh, yeah, nobody picked anybody else's song, so that's pretty cool. That is uh, rare. Yeah, it is. Usually we get one person that'll say somebody it's else's. rare, like the steaks you can get at Lionel Richie's Steakhouse. <laughs> Hello. Is it me you're, you're looking for? for? Get out. And every time you go away, you take a piece of meat with you. That being said, <laughs> this is not the kind of meat you want to eat, but this is Kevin's first pick. There's only two options there. Well, I was referring to you don't want to eat sheep. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just going to be talking about rat beef again. This is <laughs> That's good, too. No. Uh, this is The Choice is Yours by Black Sheep. came out in 1991. Uh, so last week on the 80s episode, we talked. I briefly said native tongue. And mm-hmm. Kevin talked about some stuff. And I, I think before we discuss this song and this band, we need to talk about Native Tongue. Uh, KC, before we do that, do you know what Native Tongue is? I do not. Really? It's no. weird because you kind of brought it up, but you didn't know you were bringing it up. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. But I, part of me wants to take a wild guess. Okay. Well, let's do a wild, wild, wild guess. I'm thinking there's a <laughs> wild, wild guess. Nice. <laughs> oh, because... Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking that there was this weird subgenre that's not like there's like goofy rap artists and then you got gangsters like back in the 90s mm-hmm. but then there was this weird like in between subgenre so of you're rap kind of getting yeah. there um Native Tongue was a group of late 80s early 90s hip hop artists that all had an afrocentric vibe but mm-hmm. wanted to relay a more positive message in their music Black Sheep was part of that. De La Soul was part of that. Queen Latifah, the Jungle Brothers, Money Arrested Love. Development, I'm assuming. Nope. Nope. They are nope. not listed, but Tribe Called Quest was. Mm. And you mentioned last week you kind of compared uh, 
De La Soul, yeah. the tribe called, like there's what they were, the messages they were delivering. And it kind of hit me and I'm like, wow, he doesn't even realize he's, he, it, so you can I, see how they. Oh, totally. I didn't know there together. was actually uh, an official term. But yeah. Damn. So there was, okay. there was a, a group of artists that kind of got together and they called themselves native tongue. And there's a reason why they went with native tongue as well. But yeah, they I all feel, had an Afro. I feel so lame right now. I like a Carlton Banks <laughs> sort of figure. <laughs> um, it's really cool because I didn't know about it either. And then, and obviously, I know the song. I think most of us know this song. We'll get into that in a second. But um, when it, when it, it is kind of weird that Arrested Development, at least they're not listed as part of it. And it is kind of weird that they wouldn't be because mm. they do kind of still have that same kind of vibe to them. But oh, very much so. Um, Black Sheep released this track from their debut album, A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing, um, again in 1991. Certified gold, by the way, that album was. Um, and it did it did pretty well, I guess, you know. Uh, number 21 on the Billboard Hot R&B, 57 on the Hot 100, and number one on the Rap Singles Chart. I uh, This song, as probably a lot of us may remember, especially those of us who drive a Kia Soul, this song found a whole new life in 2010. Uh, yeah. If you guys remember the giant hamsters and the, oh, yeah. the dancing and stuff, this song was used on the Kia Soul commercials, and it kind of set the song back into motion and back into everyone's you know sights. So, what does Dre's? Is it Dre's? Is that how you say his name? Dress Dre's? I don't know. It's D R E S. So we're gonna go with Dre's. What does Dre's have to say about this song? He says, uh, you know, sometimes I think about that song sonically and lyrically. That song is nailing it. Not to say we didn't nail other songs, but that one in particular, that's one. that one hammers it in. It's a fun-ass song, but Kev, I didn't pick it. You picked it. Uh, you added it to your mix. So what do you have to say about this song? First of all, this is that badass songs uh as soon as i freaking heard it i was like oh damn i'm starting to see colors right now i think i'm having a stroke but no this song is just so badass i gotta play it over and over again it's just what Proz says is right i mean they kind of nailed it uh, right off the bat or dre's yeah. Uh, Andre's Praz, I, I, he might like Praz, it too. Praz I, might like God, it too. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. I Praz mean, probably the, likes it. Yeah. yeah, the Fuji's, but yeah, definitely a good you know native tongue you know group. Yeah, I just know. thought it was cool that you you know you give me this track and and I go to do the research and I find out about this whole thing that I didn't know that just makes total sense when you think mm-hmm. about it. This song is fun, man. You can get with this or you, you can, can get, get with, with that, that, but I yeah. recommend you get with this. So, <laughs> and it's weird though. It's kind of like when we were talking about uh, Weapon of Choice, and every time I hear that song, I'm going to picture Christopher Walken. Now, every time I hear this song, I'm going to picture giant hamsters with gold chains, but hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> them driving my car. They drive our Kia Souls. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, it did wonders. Kia Soul was like the number one selling car for a long time. And yeah, this, now they're the number one stolen car, apparently. Th- this commercial, like, it, it, I mean, and this song fits so well. I don't know. It just worked. It was a fun commercial and a fun ad campaign and a fun song. Yeah, it so. was. Uh, Kev, I'm going to play your next track, and I'm wondering once again if I'm going to give you information you didn't know. But let's go ahead and start off with this. Damn, we the committee, gon' burn it down But us gon' bust you in the mouth with the chorus now Say, ah, hell yeah Everybody move to the back of the bus Do what you want to want, and strong, sweet, boy We the type of people making love, getting grown Say, 
Hell yeah. <laughs> I hear Out you guys. Rosa Parks, man. So good at you guys damn. in the background. Mm-hmm. So this is Rosa Parks Outcast from 1998. Um, Aquamini? Aquamini. Aquamini. Whatever. Like, it's Aquamini. It's a combination of Aquarius and Gemini because the members of Outcast are both an Aquarius and a Gemini. That makes way more sense. Mm-hmm. Listen, yep. I'm just going to say I knew. You and I, Aquamini. I knew that I was. Thank you. I know the album, man. It's great. It's a fantastic fucking album. I knew that I've never said it. Oh, good. I just want to be clear. I knew I was never saying it right, but I was like, fuck it. I'm just going for it. (laughs) So from now on, it's Aquamini. Uh, That's their second album. Aquamini. It's just a little Aquaman. (laughs) This was their lead track off the album. There are a few things to know about this song, which we'll get into. Um, Considered one of their best tracks critically. Um, It did decent commercially. Something like 55 on the Hot 100, 19 on the Hot R&B. Uh, yeah, something like that. I'm about to get lambasted because I got lambasted by my wife as well. Not one of my favorite Outcast songs. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I know. Uh, it's fine. I don't. It's just not really. I don't. He know. prefers we love these hoes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I do. Fantastic a song too. By the way, she was like, "Do you not like Outcast?" I was like, "No, I love Outcast. I just yeah. I don't know." Rosa Parks. Do you prefer was, AT Aliens or um, are you a Stankonia fan? But I'm not the only one who didn't like this song. In case you guys didn't know, uh, Rosa Parks did not like yeah. this song. <laughs> Very that sounds about right. She yeah. sued Outcast for this song, as yeah. it goes. <laughs> I guess she was not pleased that they used her name and said it was not at all representative of her, of her and, in fact, was almost derogatory to her, towards her. She said the song used vulgar lyrics and argued that there was insufficient artistic connection between the song's title, which appropriated her name, and its lyrics. The song actually does not reference Rosa Parks at all in it, but she says <laughs> no, the song it's... did not reference her biographically, metaphorically, or symbolically. Uh, they actually eventually settled out of court and outcast and their producers and record labels paid Parks an undisclosed amount of money. And they agreed to work with the Rosa and Raymond Parks Institute for Self-Development to help create some educational programs uh, about the life of Rosa Parks. Here's the sad thing. Uh, Rosa Parks passed away six months after that settlement. She was probably correct, and by I the way. They never continued to sue her long after her death. Probably not. Well, they didn't sue her. She sued them. Um, Well, yeah. Other way around. She was actually probably right, though. The song never mentions her by name in the song. uh, It's actually... Other than moving to the back of the bus. Well, it's a metaphor. The song is actually about the entertainment industry. And so, yes, you are correct about that. That's the only reference. I don't... This is a weird one for me. I get where she was coming from, but to me, the song wasn't about her. It was just an analogy to something else. I understand why maybe you're treading on some ground there that but i don't Mm -hmm. know that they were trying to be disrespectful but yeah they weren't it's just you know they're just trying to use what she's done in the civil rights era and use it in a song even though they didn't mention her by name anywhere in the lyrics it's just yeah a little cool information a little cool bit for you andre 3000 stepdad robert hodo played the harmonica in this song and is in the video playing the harmonica as oh, well. Oh, so, he's a reverend. <laughs> reverend Stephen Robert Hodo, or Reverend, uh, that's a stepdad, Reverend Robert Hodo. <laughs> just, just letting you guys know. Kev, uh, you added this to your mix. Why did you put this one on your mix? 
Well, for one, I mean, since we're talking about 90s rap, which I consider the golden era of rap. Fair. Uh, got to uh, talk about, you know, the Southern influence that came, you know, right after, uh, you know, Tupac and Biggie and the whole East Coast, West Coast thing. Yeah. You know, and who else but Outkast? was thinking about maybe uh, throwing us some goody mob there, but, you know. Outcast had this yeah. incredibly weird thing they could do where you thought you, you thought everything was happy, and then you found out it really was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think I, uh, we Ms. all Jackson, talk. not Thank the happiest you. song yes. of all time. And this is here for real. Yes. And they literally have a song a called B.O.B., which is literally about bombing Bomb. Baghdad. Bombs over Baghdad, yeah. Bombs and over Baghdad. I think this is a weird thing that they did. Everything sounded oh, cheery, but they were actually delivering messages and in a way it hits home harder because they do it that because Mm -hmm. because they do it that way because i think people aren't paying attention and then one day they're like wait a minute what matt (laughs) quick question hey yeah hey yeah hey matt uh quick question have Mm -hmm. you ever heard the um the mix with uh rage against the machine and outcast doing bombs of the over baghdad um, I'm not entirely sure, but I need to hear it now to be 100% yeah, sure I, that it's in my life. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'll see if I can find it. Yeah. Find that and send that on over. I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds but amazing. It's a great way to start the list, though. Yeah. Saying. It's a great way to start. Uh, don't worry. It's just going to keep going. I'm not entirely sure if you guys were aware of like how deep my love for Outcast. I feel like you've mentioned it to me before, yeah, but Southern I didn't really. Southern Playlist of Cadillac music is great. Like just Ooh. so good. Yeah. Uh, what's your speaker box love, love below? below. Uh, it's about love below is yeah. the only yeah. one I think I owned. Yeah. CD wise, yeah. yeah, get stink on you. Yeah, stink on you, but I highly, highly recommend Equimini. Yeah, I would say get Equimini first, then stink on you. Yeah, even though stink on you is badass. Wait, were you just singing roses? I was. Yeah. Poo 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 poo. <laughs> so dumb, but so much fun. Were you just singing roses? I was actually. Let's go into Kevin's next pick. Let's get let's get into Kevin's next pick. Obviously, we could do a whole episode on Outcast and Matt would yeah. be happy, but we're not. Maybe we should. We're gonna go into hey this. Andre three thousand. Come on the show, please. By all means. Which, by oh the way, Key and Peele as Outcast yes, is, is, oh. is just great. Yeah, but Andre, I would fucking love to talk to yeah. you. Like, I bet you're just an amazing human being. I've heard to. him in interviews, and that's a chill dude. I yeah, yeah and probably just full of information. So, yeah. mm-hmm. have you seen the clip? Uh, and not, you know, not to keep going on about Outcast, but have you seen the clip of uh, them getting best new artist? And uh, Andre three thousand gets up on stage, and he's like. You know, they're they're getting booed as they're walking up to accept the award from people in the audience. They just go, well, I guess you didn't realize that the South had something to say. And he takes the reward and walks off stage. That's and then awesome. everybody that was booing is just like, oh, oh, hang on. He just dropped the mic. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then they went on to become even bigger. Yeah, so, that's pretty yeah. cool, actually. Like I yeah. said, seems like he'd be a, just a fascinating human being to talk yeah. to and be a oh, okay. killer interview. Uh, we'd interview this next guy, but I feel like the interview would be over really fast. I have a question. Do I recognize the sample? Yes. Well, no, we'll get to that, too. Uh, No, my question is, do you think there's any other rap artist that drops the N-word more than Busta Rhymes? Uh, There's... uh, There might be a a 
fact about that. Let Listen, me, man, let me do some in this song, this is "Give Me Some More" by Busta Rhymes. In this song alone, like there's not a there's not a twenty sec- second clip you can get out of this song where he's not <laughs> dropping it at least four times. Uh, this is coming from his third album, Extinction Level Event: The Final World Front. Came from 1998. Uh, mixed in a healthy sample of what song, Matt? That is the uh, theme music from Psycho. Psycho. Uh. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho music. Uh, the song is to believe, is believed to be one of the best representations of Busta Rhymes and his style overall, according to critics and a lot of different uh, I totally uh, agree. Artists, um, I vividly vividly recall this song and Busta's story um, about hitting his head and going to the flip mode, <laughs> which is how this song starts out. This song is all about. You know, he's like, you know, I hit my head as a child. Like, y'all ever see the video for this? Uh, I was going to say, and of course, the video directed yeah. by Busta and Hype Williams in Busta's traditional fish eye lens style. Yeah. Um, so if you're if you're needing to hear that story, go back and watch that video. He tells those, the story of the video. Uh, in 2000, it was nominated for Best Rap Solo Performance at the Grammy Awards, but it lost to Eminem's "My Name Is." And it land two speed rappers. They should just like <laughs> go at it, man. These are two of the fastest guys. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It landed on a number of different charts. Number five in the UK singles, three on the UK dance, two on the UK hip hop, 29 on the Billboard Hot R&B. Um, is this song autobiographical? I don't know. Seems like it might be a little bit, but here is what Busta had to say about this song. Give Me Some More is just an overdose of everything you want more of, whether it's more sex, more partying, more clothes, more money, more cars, more houses, you know, more peace or more war, whatever. <laughs> Now All try right. saying that in Buster Rhymes voice. I was gonna no, say when I, you when you play this back Busta, on the Busta. episode, put a put a put a speed filter on it. Give me more, <laughs> give me some more. It's just an overdose of everything you want more of. Whether it's more sex, more body, more I can't do it. So it's uh, that guy. You had, uh, we're going uh, there for uh, a second. Yeah, I yeah. was trying, man. Um <laughs> It's just all of these things. This is still Busta. It's just all of these things that people want. I just felt like making a song that combined all of these elements and pretty much presented it in the same time as a three-minute video. Uh, Kev, you seem to want more Busta so much you added this to the mix, so tell us your reasons why, besides the fact that I know you love Busta Rhymes. The Busta Bus, man. I mean, ELE, my favorite Busta Rhymes album, Um, even though... I've you know checked out a few albums, but ELE just kind of hits different. I think it's the whole weird. Um, there was a weird fascination in hip hop with 1999 and the end of the world during the 90s mm-hmm. for some odd ass reason. Uh, but you get a lot of that, and this is one of the only rap albums where it's they do skits that are actually funny. Yeah, well, a lot it's of times, yeah, <laughs> a lot of times when rappers try to do skits, it's not funny, and they like bring like a bunch of other rappers and call it an album. Yeah. It's just, it's a headache sometimes. Yeah. Busta Tank could get away with that. Busta so. has this thing about his personality though that just sort of fits with that. And when you consider, yeah, first of all, the over the top. Let's talk about the mm-hmm. the, the, the commercials, which you know. Oh were a huge hit right Mm -hmm. and then he did some acting and he was actually good um i beg to differ on one in particular what what i want to hear i want to hear what what do you halloween okay well Uh, i don't blame him i don't trick or treat motherfucker it's a bad movie and that was a bad idea yeah it's an awful movie uh yeah yeah, but like finding forrester 
He's really good in it. Um, wasn't he in Shaft, <laughs> the, the Samuel was, Jackson and one? Apparently, Samuel and Buster Rhymes did not get along. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, um, if any, if you either of you have heard of Nardwar, uh, look him up. He's fantastic. He has a great interview style. But one of the hardest interviews to watch is when Nardwar tried unsuccessfully to interview Buster Rhymes on the set of that Halloween movie. <laughs> okay. It is. I'll check it out. It is. Yeah. Uh, Buster Rhymes did not. He was not in on it. That's... He he thought he was being made fun of the entire time. Ooh. But in reality, Nardwar is just, he's like a super fan who digs very, very deep on everything. And he just like, will say a word or a phrase to trigger a memory within whoever he's interviewing and Buster Rhymes just thought he was like making fun Busting of him in his balls kind of thing. Yeah. So but in reality, he was like, I think Hey, this, here's a, here's a deep cut from your past. Let's talk about that. I think this happens sometimes so. where you get interviewers that I think that happens and they're not yeah. trying to be disrespectful. I've watched a couple interviews like that and it's, yeah. I think they make a mistake. Yeah. And that they there's, get a little uh, sometimes there's fantastic interviews between Nardwar and Snoop Dogg. I think they should stop They're and go. Great. I'm so sorry. I literally was not meaning to like offend you. I thought this was yeah. something kind of cool that you don't get that we don't that doesn't get referenced yeah. a lot. And so I wanted to really talk to you about different stuff than what you get asked all the time. I think if you did that with some artists, uh, Jonah yeah. Hill notorious is not one that would I, which is weird because I think his comedic timing, but he does not do well in interviews, and I don't yeah. think you could ever salvage one once it goes south with him. Yeah. <laughs> but, but some people I think would probably like Bust. I could see him going, oh, you know, I thought, I thought you were being a dick. But if you're not, you know, <laughs> it's well. In, I, I will say this in Jonah Hill's defense, a lot of those interviewers are just straight up being assholes. not all. So I thought yeah. that for oh. a long time, too. But apparently, from what I'm reading, though, he is not the friendliest of guys. And that sucks because yeah. he is yeah. comedic timing. He is great. But uh, he he has a lot of, you know, I think personal demons and things, which sucks because he's a brilliant writer, too. I think he's a wonderful writer and a very talented actor. So yeah. that being said, let's go into Matt's mm-hmm. list that doesn't feature Jonah Hill. But it does feature <laughs> this man. And this song right here. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. Mm. I'm rocking my pants, foot songs and fear. Making the Refer back to the eighties hip hop. Did he say I'm rocking my references penis? to this one? I don't know why in my head this was always an 80s song, but it's not. This is Mama Said Knock You Out, L.O. Cool J, coming in at 1990. We all know it. We all love it. Also, mm-hmm. the name of the album, uh, which is L.L.'s fourth album. Just so you guys. Oh, uh, yeah. Mama said I was thinking about putting this out. on my list. Great choice, man. Uh, do either thank of you, you, thank you, thank you know where this song came from? Uh, somebody called it a comeback. Sort of. Would be my guess. Not really. I was no. about to guess LL Cool J, but, you know, that's no, just me. No, no. <laughs> well, you would both be wrong. Uh, LL Cool J has, has explained that the idea for the song came because critics were starting to say his career was ending. He admits he was having trouble finding direction. And his grandmother heard about what the critics and other rappers were commenting and saying to him. And she said, just knock him out. And oh. boom. With that, he oh. had the title and an idea yeah. for a song. Man, uh, so knock you out. Granny yeah, Cool J. <laughs> Granny <laughs> Cool J. <laughs> Granny Cool yeah. J gave him the idea for the song. Uh, the lyrics reference staying on top of the rap game. That's pretty much what this song is about. 
once again, LL takes a few shots at Cool Modi in this one. Matt, you mentioned that on our 80s episode. Hmm. Like, wait, is he, uh, is he yeah. taking shots? And the answer is yes, he is. Uh, oh, and he samples a bunch of stuff, including his own Rock the Bells, which we talked about on the last episode as well. Nice. Few critics were not very nice to this song, but, you know, he who laughs last, my friends. The song went platinum. Uh, number 37 in Australia, number 41 on the UK singles chart where it went silver, number 17 on the Billboard Hot 100, number 7 on the Billboard Dance, number 12 on the Hot R&B and Hip Hop, and number one on the Billboard Hot Rap singles chart. Eat it, critics, but wait, there's more. It also won a Grammy for Best Rap Solo Performance, cementing the fact that some critics are just dumb and full of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Matt, this song has yep. been covered by a band. Do you know who covered this song? Um. Oh, my God. I do know it. Is it Bloodhound Gang? Five Finger Death Punch did a cover of... Oh, I, yes, I did know that, actually. Uh, but Matt, it's your Why song. I think Bloodhound Gang. And you I'm thinking they did, they did uh, It's Tricky. This is what I'm thinking of. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, this is, this is your song, man. You added it to your mix. Why don't you yeah. Tell it, us. Uh, I don't think it really gets as much credit as it probably deserves, kind of blending hip-hop and rock mm -hmm. as, it, as it really should. Like, it's it's kind of a kind of a heavy-ass song, if you think it's about it, which is why Five Finger Death Punch which covered is, it, apparently. Yeah, I, I could totally see a, yeah. a rock band doing a cover of the song. Oh yeah. So I get I get where you're going there. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Also the video, very simple, just mm -hmm. black and white, LL Cool J in a boxing ring and just singing into the uh and announcer's mic. Grandma Cool J at the end of the video. Yeah. Grandma Cool J. <laughs> she yells at him to get upstairs or something like that. That's his grandma that you hear at the end of the video that yells. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't know that. Yeah. It's very cool, man. Grandma Cool J wrote a cool ass song. Yeah. <laughs> I can see her. I just see her. I just see her in a room, like, don't call it a comeback. I've been here. For LL, years. you go out there and you squash them like a jelly bean. I'm, I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna write you some lyrics. You've been in for years. Okay. Come on. It's a great song, and it's one of those that kind of. Um, it's on people's, you know, like. Ba like a fight song playlist and all that you're yeah. gonna hear it at sporting events. It's it's a uh, tons of different fighters and boxers have walked out to this song. Oh yeah, rightly guaranteed. So, so usually uh, after their mama instructed them to knock them go out. knock them out. Yeah, mama said knock, which you know should have been grandmama said knock them yeah. out. But you know, whatever, it didn't really fit very well. It didn't with the work, it work as well. Yeah, uh, Matt, you uh, deliver again. Actually, every song this week is going to kind of deliver. It's going to bring back memories for everybody. But this is one we've talked about on this show many times and an artist we've talked about on this show many times. And yet another artist, we talked a lot on the 80s episode about artists that while we think we they got respect from certain people, did they get the respect as rap artists that they deserved? And this is one of those bands that I think Everyone loves, but might have overlooked them as a serious artist. Now, here you go. So just let me introduce myself. My name is Humpty. Pronounced with the Humpty. Yo, ladies, all around I want to bump me. And all the rappers in the top ten, please allow me to bump me. I'm stepping tall, y'all. And just like Humpty Dumpty, you're going to fall when the stereos me. Humpty Dance, Digital Underground, 1990. Who doesn't know this song? I mean, we all needed a chance to do the hump in life, guys. And Digital Underground just delivered us. A reason and permission to do it. So thank God they did. Yeah. 
again, I think most people just looked at Digital Underground as sort of a silly group that did silly thing, kind of the outcast of their day, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I don't think that people fully understood how talented these guys really were um, as far as rappers and producers. And uh, This song is off an amazing album, and if you haven't checked out the entire album, you need to go pick up Sex Packets right now. It's great. Uh, please, it's their debut album. Go get it. Listen. You'll love it. What made these guys so great was their their, their silliness, uh, the fun that they were having. Oh, yeah. And they seemed to take that party with them wherever they went. I think it's one mm-hmm. of those things, wherever Digital Underground showed up, you knew it was going to be a party, party, so much that they would sing about that quite often. Yeah. Um, you wonder if bands like LMFAO would have existed if not for bands like Digital Underground. Don't know. That's a good question. Uh, with a sample of Sly and the Family Stone, Stones sing a simple song and uh, one from the theme from the Black Hole by Parliament, which Kevin talked about last week, yeah. the fact that Parliament and Parliament Funkadelic and George Clinton and how important they were to music and yep. R&B and hip-hop artists have not. Get not, your money, George Clinton. Not acknowledge yeah. that. Let's put it that. Yep. I bet George Clinton makes a shit ton of money off of <laughs> not enough. Yeah. Not enough. He, then uh, his appearance in bullshit, Trolls man. World Tour. He, yeah, well. <laughs> I, just, I just watched that the other night, and I was like, wait, what? George Clinton's in this? Okay. And Mary <laughs> J. Blige? That he, I Holy mean, shit. He, their right. music has been used in so many songs, they should just be they should be millionaires off just that alone. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, George Clinton's considered the grandfather of hip-hop, and I mean, a lot of you know hip-hop artists have you know gave him shout-outs, but uh, give him some more money. Well, as we're gonna as we're gonna learn this week, and in, in one of my picks, and something we've talked about a lot on this show is people not giving credit where credit is due. Some sometimes so blatantly ignoring it that I'm like, well, huh? Right. <laughs> what? You didn't give credit for that? That's insanity to me. Uh, we're not we're not talking about you, but I'm looking at you, Vanilla Ice. Look, I know it wasn't mm, your, I know it wasn't yeah. his fault. You know, I know that they gave they him added the, that they, symbol. They well, they gave everything him music. Was okay. You know, he didn't, they gave him music and he was a young kid and they kind of used him, you know, yeah. he, he was treated pretty poorly. Come on the show, Vanilla yeah, Ice, uh, yeah. Rob, we would actually, I would freaking Mr. love Van to talk to Rob Van Winkle. <laughs> yes. I think he'd be fascinating to talk to. Um, anyway, this song was created to be a hit, in my opinion. The song is all about including everyone, making things fun and easy. And of course, all about Shock G getting the ladies despite looking well. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, guys, I... Eat up all your crackers and your liquor room. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I want to make something clear for those of you who haven't been listening to our show, uh, yeah. and maybe you didn't know this. Maybe um, you didn't know that you once got busy in a Burger King bathroom. So, I, you know, we're going to bring that up, yeah. But Stepping tall, y'all. No, I don't think people understand um, Shock G is Shock G. Humpty is not... The guy that's just yeah. one of his many alter egos that he does to have fun. Now you're going to tell me Hootie's not Hootie, Hootie. actually the blowfish. Yeah. There <laughs> is no Hootie, only Zool. He <laughs> only Zool. <laughs> he we've talked about this. He he literally picked that nose and glasses up out of like a bin and just thought it was funny. He tended to do these sorts of things a lot. Uh, this song reached number 11 on the pop chart, number 7 on the R&B chart, number 1 on the Billboard Rap Singles chart. It was certified platinum, and like Matt said, it gave us all permission to get busy in a Burger King bathroom. Yep. Matt, aside from this song being pure joy, why did you add it to your mix this week? It is pure joy. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's it, it really is. Um, 
and on occasion you just got to grab them in the biscuits. You got to you know? grab them in the biscuit. Yeah, it's it's one of those songs that for <sighs> this song is looped. It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you got to use a word that don't mean nothing. <laughs> like loop like did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, this is one of those songs that I guarantee was played at like a sixth grade or seventh grade dance oh, mixer yeah. in my junior high and shouldn't have been. It was like songs with inappropriate lyrics that are played for children. Whoops. Um, the grease on your panty hole. What? I think this song was playing <laughs> at one of my like sixth grade. Um, let's see. Events. Because well, the yeah. kids were like, well, the teachers were getting busy in the bur- well in the bathroom. Yeah. I don't because, know. Because though, because it's so much fun, you're not paying attention yeah. that it is very you're like overly. What, is, what does it mean when the '69 Humpty Nose will tickle your rear? <laughs> like, um, we'll, we'll we'll play the next song. This song. Uh, what's is the next song? What I said. It, <laughs> fucking shake that ass, bitch! Like, well, oh, hey, we'll, we'll play calm your, it down. We'll play your next song in a minute. Two live crews. We'll, we'll play your next choice here in just a second, and we can just follow it up with that. Um, <laughs> Something it's a live crew. It is not no. two live crew. But this song <laughs> not, is not far off. This song is about what we just said it was about. It's literally about including everyone, not taking yourself so fucking serious, and trying to be all stiff. So they kind of make fun of, and not in a mean way, but they kind of make fun of MC Hammer. Looks like yeah. MC Hammer on crack because what he's saying is MC Hammer videos are very choreographed. He's a very good dancer. Yeah. What about those of us who can't dance? What about those of us who are ugly? Are we still getting, you know, and yeah. that's what this, that's busy in a Burger King bathroom. 100% yeah. what the song is about. But uh, apparently in Matt putting together, <laughs> Matt, Matt's putting together his sixth grade playlist. <laughs> Teddy would play at a sixth grade party. This would be his next pick, right? No, I was not in sixth grade when this one came out. So, you were just saying you you said a song, and I'm like, well, I don't know. Your next choice kind of fits right with what you yeah. were already saying. So we're just gonna play it. This is juvenile. Back that ass up, 1999. And yeah, motherfucker, not back that thing up. There's actually yeah. three versions of the song. I don't know if oh, you know Oh, I that. guarantee there is. And yeah. I'm pretty sure I haven't heard all of them. So. Uh, good choice. Yeah. Even though it's no S pocket of whiskey. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> this is good. Uh, this is Juvenile featuring uh, Manny Fresh and Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne is featured on this. This is the second single from Juvenile's 98 album, 400 Degrees. Uh, certified gold because it did great. And Number nine. That's pretty much it's the only color that's on the cover is gold. <laughs> <laughs> Number 19 on the Billboard Hot 105 on the Hot R&B Hip Hop and 9 on the Hot Raps chart. According to Lil Wayne, he heard the beat off the track and that Manny Fresh was going to be laying down a verse and he was like, <laughs> I can't do Lil Wayne. Shit, <laughs> I'm getting a piece of this. There's no way in the world this song's going out without me being on it. Um, so he, so he's on it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Both, both Fresh and Lil Wayne did their, uh, parts in one take. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Here's a quote from producer Manny Fresh, 20 years after the song released. Uh, I know the producers were, uh, I know, I know as producers, we want to go wild and say like, oh, I'm so creative. This is what I can do. This song to me was about simplicity. Sometimes you just got to move around and try different things. And this song was about trying different things when I did it. I'm super, super happy to have a song 20 years later that's going strong. That's what a producer, or like I said, anybody that's in the music 
dreams of having. This is a fun song. <laughs> yeah. It's so much fun. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things. So this is 1999. So Jay is hanging out in a lot of clubs at this point in life. And this is one of those club songs. And it got everybody moving. And it was a lot of fun. We've heard it in movies at this point. He's not wrong. 20, now more than 20 years past the release of the song. And it's still going strong. Like everybody knows the song when they hear it. But I didn't pick it. Matt, you put it on your mix. So why don't you tell the folks at home why you backed this one up into your mix I, I don't know man it's just there's just something about this song that like you said they they had several versions of it and i guarantee i haven't heard all of them but yeah there's just something about a, a good old southern booty song that <laughs> just gets you moving uh, booty yeah. booty booty now uh i'm going to put this out there i think we need to and, and by the way i i, I text jay <laughs> I just this want a clip of kevin going booty booty booty, booty. <laughs> <laughs> it was so so much gusto and happiness and joy booty booty booty, booty, booty. i'm sorry matt what are you gonna put out there for me <laughs> so i i text you after i sent you my my 90s list and i was just like oh man i kind of want to change did, the yeah. entire list uh, so I think I'm just going to go ahead and propose a future episode of just booty songs booty of any songs. genre. Yep. Yeah, because there's a be lot fun. of them. That would be a fun one. To there do. is literally country booty songs. Country booty. There's mm. hip-hop booty songs. I mean, not uh, to mention the thong song alone. Thong, yeah, thong, thong, which, by the way, thong. Drew Hill, Cisco, led to the thong song. <laughs> so that, that's Let also there. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. Well, I don't have yeah. Matt's 2000s list yet. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> that song's not on my list. I was just, mm. it, it came close. I will say that, Yeah, but it didn't make my list. Uh, yeah. Matt. Yeah, I mean, Cisco was, uh, in there doing Wild Wild West with Will Smith. So Matt. Yeah, I forgot. Kev, that. you guys, uh, you dropped some fun shit, man. Uh, yeah. and I was pretty stoked to see it. And then we go into my list and I just fuck everything. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, All these uh, press against hip hop songs. I, I didn't know if that was a genre. Do you want to yeah. say something before I do get a little, depressed. Oh, it is. I maybe do get a little depressing with one of mine, but Matt, I do want to say that you're a fine motherfucker. Uh, I'm uh, sorry. Use yeah, a fine I motherfucker. Will. Yeah. So I just wanted I'll to let you know. Let that. you watch me back that ass up. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> beep, beep. Beep, I'm back in the Oh, come on, man. It's <laughs> not that big of a dump truck. I didn't mean like, you got a dump truck. Honk-a-tonk, but donk a donk I'm like a Pixar mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, shall we kick All off right. my first pick? Go for it. This is my first Pixar pick. Mom. And this is one of those things where if you're doing a 90s rap album, kind of needs to be on there. Hell yeah. It's the mouth of the wild, creeping and crawling, yiggy yes yo, and Snoop Doggy Dog in the motherfucking house like every day. Dropping shit with my nigga, Mr. Dr. Drake. Like I said, niggas can't fuck with this. And niggas can't fuck with this. Who am I? What's my name? Snoop Doggy Dog. 1993. Would the D-O-double-G have been as successful without this track? I think nay, my friends. Maybe, though. Death Row Records debut single from his first album, Doggy Style. Owned it, loved it, great album. It was produced by Dre himself, the man, 
Dr. D.R. I was going to say, you can show him the respect he has earned. He's got yeah. a doctorate. And it uh, right. borrows heavily from Parliament Funkadelic and George Clinton, Atomic yep. Dog. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a second. But once again, Kev is not wrong in things mm-hmm. he said last week, and it just came right back into this week. Uh, the song was certified gold, and boy, did it make the charts. Um, number 13 in Australia, 4 in Canada. We have France and Germany on there, Ireland, the Netherlands, Sweden, Denmark, and more, guys. I couldn't list them all. The UK, you ask? Yep. Number 20 on the UK singles, number 2 on the UK dance. It was number 8 here in the U.S. on the Billboard Hot R&B and hip-hop chart, number eight on the Hot 100, and number one on the Billboard Hot Rap Songs chart. This is Snoop's introduction, and we learn everything we need to know about him. He lives Especially in Long Beach. Especially what his name is. He lives yep. in Long Beach. He likes to hang out with Dr. Dre. He likes to smoke weed, and he likes girls. And here's what Snoop had to say about this song. This is kind of cool. Me and Dr. Dre. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping he was going to do an impression. <laughs> Me and Dr. Dre used to hang out every day. This is what he said, but he says more. So me and Dr. Dre used to hang out together every day. Um, I would ride with him every day in his bins, wherever I was staying. He would pick me up, and we would go on a rendezvous. Go on a rendezvous. And then from the rendezvous, we would end up in the studio. That ride from the rendezvous to the studio was usually me in the passenger seat with a cassette tape controlling the music. One day, George George Clinton is on Atomic Dog, and when they get to the Atomic Dog, I started singing Snoop Dogg it Dog. He said, uh, "We recorded that as soon as we got to the studio. My lyrics were like an MC. I was trying to be a rapper on that song, not a gangsta, because I was trying to show style and cadence." Uh this was successful. set not only Snoop's career, but pushed rap into a different kind of direction. Mm-hmm. Like he said, to me, you got these gangster rappers who he was one, but this song was so different and so much fun that it kind of set the theme of the album Doggy Style, where you're going to have like serious and fun and it like all wrapped into one. And it made me a huge fan of Snoop like instantly. That's why I added this song to the mix this week, because to me, how are you going to talk 90s rap without talking What's My Name? Right. Good choice. So, that's my first choice. This next one may be controversial, but I'm going to say this. My, it's only controversial because my, my wife doesn't like it at all. And so it's a controversy <laughs> in my house. But as I told her, out of every song that we talk about this week, um, none of them hit the charts as hard as this particular song did. Also, it's important. A friend try to black it out, but it plays again. When it's real, feeling's hard to conceal. Can't imagine all the pain I feel. Give anything to hear half a breath. I know you're still living your life after death. Yeah, this is okay. our. Oh, I, I oh. have thoughts. <laughs> well, well, well I'll, right. I'll, let, I'll give both your thoughts. I want to hear them. Uh, this is I'll Be Missing You, Puff Daddy, Faith Evans. Um, 1997 sampled the police something very risky in my opinion but it was a tribute mm-hmm. to puffy's best friend uh, the notorious big he should have left it at this instead of then trying to make a hundred other tributes to notorious big but whatever yeah uh, i think it's a beautiful piece of hip-hop music faith evans was married to biggie at the time and uh so kind of you know it also features r&b group 112 it was uh single number two off the album no way out why do these artists not learn? 
my friends. This is this is what I want to know. Puffy didn't get permission, and of course, was sued. Oh, and sounds about right. Had to give a hundred percent of the royalties to Sting and the Police. Uh, police gar- guitarist Andy Summers said, "I've been walking around Tower Records, and the fucking thing would play over and over. It was very bizarre while it lasted." Eventually, Puffy and Sting made nice, I guess, and actually performed it together live yep. at the 97 VMAs. But if you've watched that, it's an awkward, yeah, awkward yeah. Sting is like, I'll be over here. Yeah, it's biz- and he kind not of interacting kind of rolling with you guys his eyes all. back. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, Austria, Denmark, Germany, Iceland, Ireland, Lithuania, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, and half a dozen more places on Earth and maybe a few off of Earth. It was a chart smasher. Number one in Australia, number four in Canada. Number one on Canada's dance chart. Number uh, UK, the UK, it was number two on the UK dance chart. Number one on the UK hip hop. Number one on UK singles. In the US, it was 11 on the Billboard mainstream top 40s. Number one on Billboard hot rap. Um, Billboard dance singles, it was number one. Billboard hot R&B and Billboard hot 100, it was number one. Two times platinum in Australia, platinum in Canada, three times Platinum in the UK and the US won the Grammy Award for Best Rap Performance by a Duo or Group. Uh, the single spent 11 weeks atop the US Billboard Hot 100 as a tribute, as a piece of rap history. Um, that's why I put it on my mix. Uh, plus, I remember it playing when we would go out to the club and the floor would fill up with everybody because they just loved the song. Now I'm going to leave it open to you guys. We will start with Kevin. Kevin, what are your thoughts? Okay, first of all, Jay, great choice, (laughs) all right? But, and this is based off a conversation, like a long conversation that I had recently over at Humble Monk Bree this past Friday. Um, As far as, like, guesses as to who may have killed Biggie, (laughs) Puffy is uh, definitely the number one uh, Mm. suspect. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt, uh, what are your thoughts on? But I mean, just... you're kind of echoing them right now, so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, weird, but conspir- kind of weird to conspiracy to potentially you know. be, you know, a suspect and also pay tribute and make millions of dollars. Well, okay, it sounds like an episode of Monk thing. that I so allegedly, I, allegedly, we should all say allegedly. As I said at the beginning, allegedly. he should have left it at this, and he just didn't do that. Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. He just kept going on yep. and on and on, and it kind of, in my opinion, but, you know, ran, it, it became all about the Benjamins. Ran this song uh-huh. into the ground. Nice. Yeah, you know, like because of what he did, like constantly trying to cash in on this thing. Yep. And he kind of made it so this song wasn't as powerful as it was meant to be. Yes. Um, Should have been a one and done situation. And you got to keep in mind, even if those conspiracy theories. You're going back to the well about how sad you are about Biggie. Even if those conspiracy theories do prove to be true, which, you know, whatevs. Faith Evans and 112 are also featured in this. And Faith Evans was married to Biggie at the time. So my my wife is not a Puff Daddy fan. She does not like him. She does, however, like Mace a lot and at least appreciates that Puff helped. Um, She could also be fully unaware that, you know, if allegedly Puffy had anything, any involvement in the death of Biggie. She could be fully unaware. Yeah, of it. I was not and aware participate of this, in this it as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I would have. I will have to hear all about the conspiracy theories. You know, yeah. I love these. We'll things. talk about it off. I was on. Yeah. I was on a Twitter the other day, and and uh, was it Noodles? I think it was Noodles from Offspring said. Um, Friend of the show. Aside from, and I forget what he listed. He's like, what? What's one conspiracy theory you believe is true? And I was like, Tupac is alive. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, listen, man, I've seen the video. I've seen him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know Connie and I could get into a whole thing. We got to do and a, that needs to happen. We're going to do a conspiracy. Yeah, we're going to do a conspiracy theory episode, and I, we we got to get Connie's awesome. thoughts. Even if you got a recorder off and then and you know oh, insert yeah. it on, I want to hear what she has to say about this. So. It's always been a fun one to talk about. Oh, yeah. But you get my point. This song charted everywhere. It was a massive success. And look, what has Puff Daddy been up to? God knows what P. Diddy, P. Chuffy, Con, whatever. And see, that's another theory I have. He keeps changing his name to try and avoid (laughs) detection. Oh, okay. We all know. different aliases. And not to mention a lot of members of Bad Boy Records are Mm -hmm. no longer with us. But but my point is. Including Biggie. He yeah. made so much money off just the stuff he did there for a few years that, like, he doesn't like. He's one of the richest men in the U- United States. Yeah. So it's crazy to think about. He had that uh, making a band. He has. Or the hottest rapper was Dylon. Well, he Dylon, has, he has Dylon, all the Dylon. He has all the Sean John stuff everywhere, man. Yeah. Like Sean John was all over everything. His little clothing. I think he had his own line of cars. Like you know the Sean. Who John stands collection. to benefit the most from Biggie's death? Mm. Yep. Mm. And apparently he throws allegedly yes parties. Here we uh, go. Allegedly, um, uh, uh, involving uh, underage like uh, well, allegedly, how, allegedly, how, allegedly, how allegedly. How about allegedly. I just go into my last pick? <laughs> Look what you started. <laughs> this is my final pick, um, and I got a lot to say about this one. But uh, we mentioned, I think, on the '80s episode, it might have been the beginning of this. I really don't know, but I mentioned NWA and the fact that I was never that into them, probably because just. I mean, I, I like what I know, but I just never knew them. However, somehow I managed to become a huge fan of this group. Bow down before I make a phone call. Got 25 niggas running up on y'all for the cheese. We want them keys. Everybody freeze on your knees. But nigga, please. Before any of you gummies get caught. <laughs> nigga, rewind my part, fool. Bow down. Bow down. Did he say something about buttered cheese? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Buttered cheese. cheese. Bow down, West Side Connection, 1996. How does a little white boy from the suburbs of Cincinnati get introduced to a band such as West Side Connection? Well, it was a girl, of course. Um, course. That relationship did not last, but my love for West Side Connection did. Uh, I fucking loved this album, and I I don't know what it is, man. I was going to say, there was some... uh, recognizable voices in that. Yeah. yeah. I'm not familiar for the record. You're not familiar? Like, I've heard the song, but I don't know about what it's like. Well, Mac 10 is in there. And, it's not like uh, Ice Cube, too. It, well, that yeah. is Ice Cube. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> sounds like Ice Cube. Wow. Uh, sounds sound, that dude just sounds like just like, like Ice Cube. Wow. Um, He's doing a really good... So, good, uh, the lead single... Bow Down, lead single off the album from Westside Connection's debut album, same name. Uh, this is their highest charting song, number 21 on the Hot 100, 19 on the Hot R&B Hip Hop, and number one on the Rap Singles Chart. The song gives outsiders a glimpse into the culture and lifestyle of gangster rappers. That's what this song is all about. It shows their status as uh, as rappers. It talks about their life and shows respect to where they came from and how it molded them into who they became. That is what this song is about. It was a weird offshoot for me at the time um, because this wasn't the stuff I was listening to. I was actually, at the time this came out, I was really into industrial and techno. And so when this was introduced to me, it kind of grabbed me, introduced me to a whole new world of music. And that's why I added this song to my mix 
Uh, Matt, I'm going to highly recommend you go listen to the album, Bow Down. Okay. Um, it's gangster rap, and it's Ice Cube, and it is pretty wonderful. Uh, it's I'm looking at the lyrics, trying to see if he does, in fact, talk about butter cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Ice Cube is one of those very, like, I something about his voice when he raps, and I just, I always like it. So, I don't know. One of those, one of those things for me. I was a big fan of this album, so that's why it made it onto my list. So we had an interesting week of music here. We went from uh, Puff Daddy to Juvenile to West Side Connection and Outcast. So I told you guys when we hit the gamut this week, like we hit it, like we were, we were all over the place this week, and it doesn't matter because it all sort of works. And uh, I would say the biggest outlier would be me with I'll Be Missing You. And, yes, mm. I am aware that in the world of rap that Puffy's always been a little softer than than most, uh, which is funny because considering the people we ran around with, he was a lot softer core than they were. But that song was just sort of a big deal. I mean, um, I actually I like the the cut of all about the Benjamins that has Rob Zombie in it. It's the only version I like of that song. I don't like the <laughs> one without. And I was a big fan of of Biggie. So we were talking about that earlier. Like I loved Notorious B.I.G. and Snoop Dogg and a couple. It wasn't really a Tupac. I didn't really listen to Tupac, but I did like a couple songs. I really just never was introduced to much Tupac. So, like, for me, I was, like, all around it. And so I wasn't really paying attention to the rivalry that was going on until people started dying. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, what's happening here? People are shooting people? What? Oh. Weird to me. Um, but, like, I was much more a, a Biggie fan than I was a Puffy fan. But, um, you know, this song was just sort of, that song was sort of a big deal. That's why I put it on there. And I think I'd already talked about uh, Hypnotized on a video or on a on a hmm. playlist, but I'm not yeah. sure. But I think I feel like I did. So I couldn't really bring up Hypnotized again. So yeah. that's a good song, though. That's my list. That's our lists. What do you guys yeah. think? Uh, I, I think that they don't actually say buttered cheese. <laughs> uh, he says, for the cheese, we want them keys. <laughs> buttered cheese. <laughs> again. Misheard lyrics. I, I didn't know I what know. volume butter like twelve. Sounds delicious. Butter cheese. That sounds like it, a heartburn waiting to happen. Yeah, it sounds like a butter heart attack. Cheese? It's just one of those. You're lactose intolerant. <laughs> so what did you think? What did you guys think of the lists overall this week? It's fantastic. It's yeah, fantastic. I didn't expect to go down a, an outcast rabbit hole for a minute, but yeah, we did. Know, it's all fair. It's fantastic. Uh, I did put the word out on this one a little late, but we did get a few. We got a few. Um, a couple people out on Twitter, if you guys uh, ever want to give your opinions, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook are usually the place to go, and I do occasionally put the call out and ask. We have like five tracks. Uh, our friends over at Totally 80s and 90s Recall Podcast say, Can't See Me by Tupac. So that's a that's a good one to add to the list. Bye, bye, bye. A uh, friend of the show, Sean Jones, I believe Matt knows who Sean is. Hell yeah. Uh, he so asked Sean. a question, and the answer of Sean is, well, I don't care. <laughs> I don't know what question he asked. He but said, "Do you want bangers it. or obscure?" Yeah, yeah. Your, Either your or. songs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he said, "Well, banger, hypnotized the notorious B.I.G." Yeah. There you go. Obscure young black teenagers tap the bottle, which I don't think is that obscure, and I love that song. Uh, yeah, vaguely familiar with that one. Yeah. Myself. So, 
That's a lot of fun. And then uh, we got one more Children of the 80s podcast said, uh, D-Nice, call me D-Nice. So there were some of our, some feedback from our listeners out there. You guys can always give us your feedback by dropping us an email or whatnot. Uh, There are playlists for all of these that Matt puts up on Spotify. And um, he also creates playlists of listener feedback. Not that four songs is a lot, but... um, it's okay. I will always add to them. And he will always love you. Correct. Matt will always <laughs> love you. How's, how's that high note treating you there, Mariah? Not, not great. Um, <laughs> so so uh, a couple of and things. Yes, I'm aware it was a Whitney Houston song before couple, anybody tries to come after me. A couple of All things. Because right. um, I was about to be the first to come after you. I wasn't okay. going to say oh, shit. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Scarefest weekend is coming up in Lexington, Kentucky. I will be out there. I think Stewie D will be out there. Um, if you guys can make it out, come check it out. There's some cool people out there. We're going to have a good time. Uh, the guest list is amazing. If yeah. you get a chance, go look at it and then make your choice. Freaking and, Clint uh, Howard alone. The choice should be to go. Yeah. <laughs> Clint Howard's going to be there. And that's really cool. Yeah. I don't know why I think that's so cool. I just, <laughs> it's like, it's Clint Howard. He's in everything. Yeah. Like, uh, he is the ice cream man. He guys. is the ice cream man. He's also the funny, one of the funniest people in, uh, Austin Powers. So yeah, yeah, we're going to be out there. So if you can make it out, come out to Scarefest weekend coming up here in a couple of weeks. Uh, I think you can just Google scarefestweekend.com or whatever, and you'll find it. No problem. Uh, so I'm going to be out there for that. Of course, Kevin does walking tours throughout Cincinnati, and he put together his – he's been working on it tirelessly. He has not slept in three months. Um, he His he, his wife left him. Uh, yeah. She took the dog. His- Kids won't talk to him either. And it's all because he wanted to give back. And we don't like her anymore. She's a bitch. Uh, Fuck her. Because Kevin was just giving back to the community. Um, And all I have is the illegitimate that's keeping me, you know, mm -hmm. alive and happy. And I don't like them kids. He is. I (laughs) I don't like them kids. I believe he once said, fuck them kids. Little bitch ain't mine. (laughs) Kevin's been working really hard over the last year or so putting together a tour, a haunted Mount Healthy tour. Um, so if you're in the area and you are interested in any of the tours, uh, you can go to American legacy uh, tours, what? Tours. Yeah. American legacy tours.com. Yeah, oh, I was it. like, yeah. I was like, did I get it wrong? American legacy tours.com and find out all the information on that. Or like I always say, you can drop us a line and I will make sure I get any questions or whatever over to Casey and he can address you. Uh, directly you can always join the facebook group and he will you know respond if you tag him kevin, yeah just tag me kevin casey tag, coleman man yeah. he's over there yeah. you can find him and tag and ask tag about him like tag team in fact kevin first of all i want to uh i want to thank you for dropping the video you dropped recently on the group uh <laughs> and my wife was pissed at you because she's like damn it now that song's gonna be stuck in my head all day at least it's a better version <laughs> yeah it's it's the uh it's the in living color ver- when they made fun of it um mm-hmm. but kev you should definitely go on the group and drop some information about your tour as well oh sure yeah, yeah. that would be a thing you should do and all you guys should be over there uh joining the facebook group anyway we told you earlier how you could do that but uh yeah, go back, check it out, or go over to the website, themixtapeshow.com, and there are links to get to everything you want to get to over there. Uh, please, as we always say, go check out all the musicians we talked about on the show. Show them some love. Show them some support. 
Uh, that's why we do what we do because we love this stuff and uh, we want to share. Uh, I don't have anything else either. Uh, we want to thank everybody for coming and listen, coming, coming and listening, coming and listening. We just want to snickets. You want to go again? Yeah, not really. <laughs> I don't. I don't really want to. Hey, next week we're going to be talking 2000s rap. If you uh, from 2000 to 2010, if you want to send something over to add to the listener playlist, we will do that, and I will put the call out as well. Very excited to talk about my list. Uh, I'm very excited to talk about Kevin's list. I don't know if I'm excited to talk about Matt's list because he hasn't given me one yet. But you'll <laughs> <laughs> be excited. You will be. Uh, you will be very excited. Uh, that being said, uh, we love you guys. We thank all of you guys for listening, and we hope you come back again next week. Please leave us a review wherever you listen. That would mean a lot. Please share with your friends. Be checking on that Patreon thing because that's going to be coming up here within the next week or two. I think that's it. So yeah. until next time, we speak to you guys in listener land. Remember to always stay awesome. There are times that you feel like your head is a big old bucket Allegedly Filled with fuzzy dreams Because you wish you were a Muppet But you can't play the music And you can't light the lights And it's all you can do just to make it through Any more of these lonely nights So you grab your bed of mixture And you pop it in the slot and you scream two words along with all the nerves Cause right now, it's all you've got Stay, stay awesome Plant a tree inside your heart And let it blossom Stay, stay awesome Booty, booty.